0: Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and every Sunday is Psalm Sunday. I'll be reading one or two psalms and explaining how they point to Jesus Christ and the good news of his true salvation and or Bible prophecy. I'll also show you how to pray the psalms. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. As you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Psalm 78, how to know God Almighty, a historical recap from Jacob to David. Last time in Psalm 77, I encouraged you to remember what God Almighty has done in your life. In this next Psalm, Asaph wants the people of Israel to remember what God has done for them. See, Israel had a destructive pattern. God provided, God's people rebelled, and God disciplined. Unfortunately, we today have the same destructive pattern. We don't fear God. Today, we humans refuse to learn from history. Thus, we are doomed to repeat it, and not just the good times. Since this is a long Psalm, please hang in there, I've embedded two videos at the bottom of my blog, and the link to my blog is in the show notes. One is from Spoken Gospel and the other from Riot Podcast. Both will help guide you to know our God Almighty. Let's dig in. Psalm 78, a psalm, or maskil of Asaph. And I read, O my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob, He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So don't do that today. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. That's what we have now. That's what we have today. Verse 9 The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his instructions. They forgot what he had done the great wonders he had shown them, the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Zoan in the land of Egypt. For he divided the sea and led them through, making the water stand up like walls. In the daytime, he led them by a cloud and all night by a pillar of fire. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water from a gushing spring. He made streams pour from the rock, making the waters flow down like a river. Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the most high in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock so water gushes out. but..." He can't even, he can't give his people bread and meat. When the Lord heard them, he was furious. The fire was his wrath. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel for they did not believe God or trust him to care for them but he commanded the skies to open. He opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them bread from heaven. They ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold. He released the east wind in the heavens and guided the south wind by his mighty power. He rained down meat as thick as dust, birds as plentiful as the sand on the seashore. He caused the birds to fall within their camp and all around their tents. The people ate their fill. He gave them what they craved, but before they satisfied their craving while the meat was yet in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them and he killed their strongest men. He struck down the finest of Israel's young men. But in spite of this, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. So he ended their lives in failure, their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. They repented and took God seriously. Then they remembered that God was their rock, that God most high, El Yon in Hebrew, was their Redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. Yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. That's mercy. Many times he held back his anger and he did not unleash his fury. For he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. They did not remember his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders on the plain of Zoan, for he turned their lives into blood so no one could drink from the streams. He sent vast swarms of flies to consume them and hordes of frogs to ruin them. He gave their crops to caterpillars. Their harvest was consumed by locusts. He destroyed their grapevines with hail and shattered their sycamore figs with sleet. He abandoned their cattle to the hail and their livestock to bolts of lightning. He loosed on them his fierce anger, all his fury, rage, and hostility, He dispatched against them a band of destroying angels. He turned his anger against them. He did not spare the Egyptians' lives, but ravaged them with the plague. He killed the oldest son of each Egyptian family, the flower of youth throughout the land of Egypt. But he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. He kept them safe so they were not afraid. But the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this land of hills. He had won for them. He drove out the nations before them. He gave them their inheritance by lot. He settled the tribes of Israel into their homes. But they kept testing and rebelling against God most high. They did not obey his laws they turned back and were as faithless as their parents. They were as undependable as a crooked bow. They angered God by building shrines to other gods. Idolatry. They made him jealous with their idols. When God heard them, he was very angry and he completely rejected Israel. Then he abandoned his dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle, where he had lived among the people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered the glory into enemy his glory into enemy's enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people, his special possession. Their young men were killed by fire. Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered, and their widows could not mourn their deaths. Then the Lord rose up as though waking from sleep like a warrior aroused from a drunken stupor. He routed his enemies and sent them to eternal shame, but he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose a tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved, or Jerusalem. There he built his sanctuary as high as the heavens and solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant, David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the, the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. That's it, Psalm 78. Well, one of the things you want to do is click on over my blog and click on over to uh, get to know God by studying the Bible. Okay. And, and you can study the history. It's the Old Testament. Study the history of Israel because it's God's story. It's God and, um, wanting to save us humans. And we kept rebelling and we're still rebelling. And then um, I have two videos embedded at the bottom, which you need to go check out. One is um, uh, a devotional on Psalm 78 by Spoken Gospel. And then this is a podcast I heard um, a couple of days ago. And um, in fact, I liked it so much. I kind of sort of tra- I took bits and pieces of it, translated into Spanish for um, uh, for my Spanish podcast. Um but this is 10 questions to ask yourself for the new year. So, we are I am recording this on Sunday, December 31st, last day of 2023. But you want to want you're going to want to watch this um this podcast um improve your relationship with God Almighty. Because this is 10 things to help you improve your relationship with God. Because Jesus didn't suffer torture and die on the cross so we can have religion. He died so he can have a personal relationship with you. And he told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's through Jesus, not through a church, not through a priest, not through rites and rituals and regulations and, and, and pay, pagan things and finding nirvana and all the other stuff that people try to do. You need to know Jesus, know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit. Feel his shalom, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment. What you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident help of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. Click on over to my blog, click where it says, How to know Jesus. Soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thousands, stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. friends we are living in strange crazy times the last days the end times but know that things aren't falling apart they are falling into place jesus said in revelation 3 20 to 22 look i stand at the door and knock if you hear my voice and open the door i will come in and we will share a meal together as friends those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as i was victorious Soledio Gloria. To God alone be the glory.